Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. The ghost-faced killer was actually two people The rapper, both horror movie fans. Isn't Ghostface Killer a rapper? He may be. He may not be. Oh, I, I just mean a, the killer of his that has a ghost face, you know? Okay, yeah. But also, because this is a special episode, I've got another spoiler for is you. Is it a special episode? No, well, it's not. It's this a, is a regular it's episode. It's a special episode Okay. But I've got another spoiler for you. Killing the magic holiday spirit means he'll have to adopt the mantle himself. Oh, there you go. And if you didn't want to know wow. those two things, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because those are both spoilers. Yes, they are. Two very appropriate spoilers for this episode. I try my best. I try my best. And while you're on a roll, Maddie D, would you like to explain to any potential first-time listeners what the whole deal behind this show is? Well, first, I'd like to say welcome to the show. It's good to oh, have welcome. you. Welcome. We've been waiting for you. We've been, you know, we've prepared This episode is for you specifically. We, we've been expecting you earlier, but it's okay that you're here now. Yeah. We really appreciate it. It's been a while, but I'm glad you're with us. Um, so here at Potential Spoilers, what we do is we have a gander at what's going on in the movie world, any upcoming movies. We look at the trailer of the movie and any promotional material of the movie and then we sit down here and try to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible get into some arguments agree yeah. disagree and then when the movie comes out we watch the movie and see how well we did wow that's really well put i certainly think there'll be some arguments this week too or maybe there won't be because we're actually doing something we've never really done before this week so we do something a bit different if you listen to our rambo last blood actual spoilers episode you'll realize at the end there we couldn't really decide on what movie to do this week we sort of tossed up between two potential ideas so we talked about doing fat man and we talked about doing Freaky, which I called Freaked. I was mixing it up with the... Uh, Let's not watch Freaked. I was mixing it up with the Alex Winter classic that I think we've actually talked about in the past in this show, in our Bill and Ted episode. But anyway, the actual movie that we were talking about doing was Freaky. Uh, I suppose we'll talk about that more in a sec. But yeah, because we couldn't really decide and because both movies looked good and because they're both coming out today, on the day that this episode is released... At the exact same time. These movies will be out and we'll be able to see them in cinemas. We couldn't decide, so we decided to do both. That's right. So at the end of the last episode, we did say we were going to cover Fat Man. That's so right. we're sorry we kind of lied to you because after the Oh, episode, no, we're still covering Fat Man. Well, we are. We half lied. We half lied. So it's okay. But we had a conversation afterwards and we're like, yeah. mm, it'd be good to cover Freaky. Fueled by a few drinks, mind you. <laughs> so we decided to do something different where we would cover each movie separately. That's right. Which is a first for us. Yeah, that's right. So we're both coming in with two completely different movie plots. Yeah. So, so we're not we're not both doing the same plot. Yeah, we're doing completely different plots. So maybe there'll be less arguments. So we're not doing the same yeah. movie where we're like, well, I think it's going to start with a flashback, Kieran, and you're going to be like, I think it starts with a cold open, Maddie D. Well, I think in the pursuit of fairness, what we should do is make suggestions during each other's plots. Mm-hmm. And if our suggestions actually pan out, if they actually turn out to be true, we should get bonus points when we go back and revisit I'm, the uh, I'm happy episodes. to do that because I started looking at Fat Man first. Really? And then I talked to you about it and I was like, hey, did we decide that I'm doing Fat Man right? And you, in the message that you sent back, you said, no, I'm doing Fat Man. Yeah. You're doing Freak. We were both fighting over so who's doing Fat Man. <laughs> we both wanted to do Fat Man. But, so I've got some loose ideas, so I'm sure right. I can interject. And I'm sure you have ideas of what Freaks is going to be as well. Freaky. Don't make the freaky. same mistake I did. Sorry, Freaky is going to be. So 
I guess the only question is, is who's going to go first? Oh, no, we've got to talk about the movie itself, right? Yeah, that's right. But we still need to know who's going first because we've got to talk about each... We've got to give each movie its due. Yes. So, I don't know. I, I can't I, remember I, who went first last time. It's been so long. Yeah, who cares? Who knows? Maybe maybe we should just do Freaky first. Okay, we'll Let's do, do Freaky we'll do first. Freaky. I, I think Freaky has more going for it. It's a wider release. It's got more sort of history behind it. I think more people are going to be excited to see it than Fat Man. Yeah. Even though both movies look charming. Both movies look absolutely charming. <laughs> so if you're uh, excited to see Freaky, I guess you can work, listen to the first half of the podcast, yeah. but please listen to Fat Man as well. Yes, yes. I think both movies will be interesting. I, I think we both have very radical ideas of what's going to happen in both movies. But yeah, mm, well, you can watch both of them. You can go to your movies and have a double feature and watch both of them. Yeah. You can definitely watch Freaky, but Fat Man might be harder to watch. because <laughs> I know it's only coming to select theatres. Mm. But yeah, let's get straight into Freaky. So if you don't know much about Freaky, it's being directed by Christopher Landon, who interestingly enough wrote Disturbia. Remember did, that? Did, did he really? Yeah. And if you remember our ripoffs episode, uh, Disturbia <laughs> was a blatant ripoff of Rear Windows. So right. that automatically puts like a, a negative check mark against Christopher Landon's name in my book. He did Death Day as well, right? Yeah. He directed both Happy Death Day movies, but he also wrote the Paranormal Activity sequels. Oh, he didn't write the original movie, but he wrote all the sequels. So I think I've seen some of those sequels. Yeah, they're all terrible. But yeah. but the Happy Death Day movies are fun. They're fun movies. I've never so. seen them, but I hear a lot of good things about them. But he's directing. He's directing. He's not writing. Uh. He's not writing Freaky. So we can rest assured it's not just going to be a blatant <laughs> ripoff of Freaky Friday. Or will it? Oh. Or will it? So obviously, obviously, if you have two brain cells in your head, you know that Freaky is a reference to Freaky Friday. If you think about the plot, I don't think we've explained it yet in this episode. It's uh, a serial killer swaps bodies with a 16, 17 year old girl. I can't remember how old she is. It's a high school, school girl. High school girl. Yeah, they swap bodies. Shenanigans ensue. So the killer in the high schooler's body is killing people and the high schooler in the killer's body is trying to reverse the curse. And trying to get away from the police, presumably, because he's a wanted man. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so obviously that's very loosely based on Freaky Friday. Obviously Freaky Friday is a mother and daughter swap bodies and it isn't a porno. There's so much potential there oh, for like there adult film funness. But anyways, the movie was actually originally called Freaky Friday the 13th. Isn't that interesting? I think that's a better title. I reckon they should it's go back to that title. It's a longer title. Yeah, but then it makes it sound like it's sort of related to Friday the 13th, like the Friday the 13th series. So I don't think they could really do it. But Freaky Friday the 13th works on so many levels. Also, movie's coming out on Friday the 13th. There you go. How good is that? That's great. It was also based on a book as well. Really, is it? Yeah. I had no idea. Freaky Friday was a book... Published in 1972. Oh, okay. I thought you meant freaky, as in like the movie freaky. No, no. So this idea has been out for a while and it's been rebooted many different times, but never in this particular way. I always remember the Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis Mm. version. I don't think I ever saw the original. The original? Was there a movie that... Yeah, yeah. The Jamie Lee Curtis one and Lindsay Lohan was a remake. Oh, okay. And the original came out like 70s or 80s, I believe. Oh, cool. But yeah, I can't talk to it because I've never seen it. uh, that's the one most people are familiar with. What? The Lindsay Lindsay Lohan? Lohan Okay, fair enough. Are you saying that as like a modern audience member who's only seen recent movies? Yeah. And I just wanted to point out as well that Freaky is being brought to us by Blumhouse. I know. It's another Blumhouse production. We talk about, I think every time every we talk- second Every episode. second horror movie we discuss is a Blumhouse movie because they're just pumping them out. They're a factory. Uh, while Marvel is uh, sitting out, yeah. waiting to get to the Chinese audience, we'll just get uh, yeah, Blumhouse that's right. movies. That's right. All right. So should we talk about who's in- Let's talk about who's in this movie. Who's in Freaky. So, of course, playing the lead character, uh, Barney Garris, and he's also playing Millie Kessler as well because they've swapped bodies, is Vince Vaughn. Now, it's been a while since we've seen 
him. I don't think we've discussed Vince Vaughn in this show before. Never. No. Never have discussed him. And I think it's been a while, as you say, since he's been in a mainstream movie. But I think I first saw Vincent Vaughn in Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Really? Yeah. And he really made a huge impression on me in that movie. He was one of my favorite characters because he was carrying around that huge video camera and documenting everything. <laughs> that was me. I was always walking around with a video camera <laughs> as a kid. Uh, but he was also in the remake of Psycho. Yes, he was. Where he played Master Bates, as where you called he, him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Really sort of wanky role, that one. But <laughs> a lot of people will know him from Dodgeball. And another movie that he was in that I know very well is The Cell. Do you Are you familiar with The Cell at all, Matty D? Yeah, I am. Where Jennifer Lopez goes inside his brain. Because yeah. he's a serial killer in that movie too. So he's done serial killing before. That's right. So Psycho and Psycho The Cell. and The Cell. So The Cell was sort of like Inception before Inception, wasn't it? Because yeah, it was like going inside a serial killer's mind. And- yeah, and exploring it. Mm. And there's like the child version. It's really movie. good. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Run out and watch it. Yeah, geez. No, I yeah. wouldn't encourage anyone to do that. First time I saw Vince Vaughn was in Dodgeball. Really? I think I remember came in that late. Anchorman, yeah. You didn't watch Jurassic Park 2 in cinemas? I did, but I didn't recognize him. Oh, there you go. The first yeah. time you acknowledge his existence was mm. in Dodgeball. And he's also in an episode of The Sex and the City, I just want to mention. Oh, really? Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, so moving on. Moving on can from just, Vince can Vaughn. Can I just say something right. about Vince Vaughn? We're not moving on from Vince Vaughn. I just want to say something really quickly. I don't like him. At all. No, I don't either. Um, I don't know. Well, we've, we've got to talk about Mel Gibson in this the, episode. The only so. positive experience I ever had watching a Vince Vaughn movie was, do you remember that's the movie The Breakup? There's a scene no. where um, Jennifer Aniston like removes her towel and like walks naked through the um, through the lounge room. Okay, what's this got to like, do with Vince Vaughn? Well, that's the only time I ever liked Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Why? Because he was repulsed. Because he was there. Was anyway, he repulsed let's, by let's Jennifer Aniston? Let's move on. But I don't really. I, I find him so annoying. The way he talks really fast, he's not no, funny. No, no, no. Anyway, we'll yeah, see how he is no. in this movie. Now, talking about his counterpart in this movie, uh, Millie Kessler, as we've already mentioned, and Barney Garris, because again, they've swapped bodies, is Catherine Newton, who we've talked about before in Detective we Pikachu. Yeah. She played the reporter in Detective Pikachu. She did. And that's pretty much all I, I have to say about Catherine Newton. What did you think of her in Detective Pikachu? Do you think she'll do a good job in this movie? Yeah, she looks like she's going to do a good job. Do you reckon? she'll be removing a towel in the movie do you reckon like the killer will be doing all sorts of crazy so why am i so perverted this episode i think body swap is kind of like a fetish thing for me i don't know oh, why i don't know why like right. dr jekyll and mr hyde episode sort of like awaken that in me i think okay so let, let's settle down here and let's have a glass of water and have a cold shower and settle down anyway yeah so yeah i didn't really think much of her in detective pikachu i didn't think she was that great but yeah. she was okay i, I think, didn't like that movie though so. no no i think she'll do better in like a starring role where she's got more sort of like room to be broad and she's playing two different characters so who knows what she'll do with it the rest of the cast is pretty much like a write-off they're like just people i've never heard of we have celeste o'connor that's going to be in the new ghostbusters yes yes so celeste o'connor is playing nyla who is millie's friend i imagine she's going to be a major part in that movie yes she's playing we just called her celeste (laughs) in ghostbusters afterlife in that episode listen to that if you haven't already but playing uh millie's mother is katie finneran the only movie i've ever seen her in is in tom savini's 1990 remake of night of the living dead which is an awful movie and uh, playing Millie's woodshop teacher. I don't know why he's important. Maybe he's a major player in the movie. Uh, Mr. Fletcher is Alan Ruck, who, of course, is Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then just rounding out the cast, playing uh, Millie's gay best friend, Josh, is uh, Misha Oshevich. And playing Booker, Millie's crush, is Uriah Sheldon. Mm, from The Sweet Life on Deck oh, yeah. and Ghost Whisperer. I did see that. I did see that in his credits. Isn't it weird? Like, the only thing we know him from is Sweet Life on Deck. I don't remember him specifically in the show, but <laughs> you and I have both watched that garbage TV show. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe we'll talk about a movie with one of those twins in it. Cole Sprouse. He's everywhere yeah, now, yeah, so Cole it's Sprouse. looking Isn't like he it. Jughead Jones in he uh, Riverdale or whatever it is? Yeah, he is. Wow. 
I hope we don't talk about a movie with Cole Sprouse in it. <laughs> we all know that we've hit the double. Well, we're talking about freaking everybody at the moment. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. All right, so I don't have a plot for this one. Maddie D, will you please enlighten us on what you think is going to happen sure. in this movie? Well, let's go straight into it. I just want to also say that there's two trailers out for this movie so far. Yep, they both give around about the same information. Right, okay. So let's go into it. So, Kieran, I know you're always on me about my horror movies never opening with a scare. Yep. So I've yep. taken a leaf out of your book and decide to actually follow formula this time. Oh, there you go. So we're going to have a cold open. There'll be an uncredited couple, a young couple in a typical like lookout. You know how they have the parking. Right. So it's like a uh, lover's leap Mm. sort of like parking up on top of a mountain to make out. That's right. Destination point. So they have been drinking and they suggest that they might get into trouble for breaking a curfew in the town. Mm. But they don't seem worried though. They're parked next to the Jeep from uh, Love and Monsters. I don't remember the characters. Good old name. main characters. Oh, I can't remember any of the main characters from Love and Monsters. I've done the episode and I've seen the movie, but I just don't remember <laughs> anything about them. Yes, them. They're sitting next to them. Yeah, they're sitting them. next to them. The, the joke would have worked way better if I remembered their names. <laughs> so they're getting a little frisky. Don't get too excited, Kieran. Okay. And the guy asks the lady if she's scared of the Blissfield Butcher. There you go. And they joke around about this, but then the guy goes into the bushes to relieve himself. Right. And a shadowy Wait, wait, figure- wait, wait. He's so aroused that he has to like go take care no. of no, nature oh, was calling, oh, Kieran. It's the number one. Okay. Yeah. We don't see him again, wink, wink. And then a shadowy figure comes back. The girl who's like, she's not. She's facing the other direction. She thinks it's the guy. He's come back. She's looking around in the glove she's, box for condoms. She's flirting. But then we realize it's actually the killer, the oh Blissfield Butcher, and she gets murdered. There you go. Dun, dun, we dun. start with a scare. Perfect. Everything's right with the world. You're happy with that? Yes. Okay, good. So the camera goes up. This is going to be really cheesy. The camera goes up. It shows that it's a full moon and it changes to a sun to indicate it's oh, daytime. <laughs> I really hope this happens in the movie now. So we're going to be introduced to Millie. It's a typical morning and she's going to narrate how bad her life is. She goes to school. She's seemingly invisible to everyone, especially her crush, Booker. But she's smoking hot. Why would she be invisible to everyone? I was so confused with that too, but apparently she's like Hollywood. Oh, she's a Hollywood nerd. nerd. Yeah, okay. She's Hollywood ugly, quotation marks. Anyway, her hair is slightly disheveled and she's- Okay, whoa, no, look out. She's wearing things that don't accentuate her body. She's got flawless skin and supermodel looks. Mm. Look out, she's ugly. Mm, Yeah. So some popular girls tease her about her clothes and she gets nudged over by some guys into her locker. She's not overly beloved. Right. And we'll get introduced to her friends who are, what are their names, Maddie D? Nyla and Josh. Nyla and Josh. Doofy and Daisy. Nyla and Josh. (laughs) And they they talk to her about the school dance, which is coming soon. And they suggest, hey, you should, you know, go ask Booker. Don't have to wait for the guy. Booker T, the the, uh, wrestler. Go ask ask Booker T, the wrestler. The five-time, five-time WCW champion. Look at us alienating our audience. All right, so... (laughs) Just you. Just me. Can you dig it, sucker? So Millie goes... So then we go to a sports game. So this is going to be like, a gridiron American football game. Yep. And Millie is the so school. So like fake football where they wear like lots of like padding. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That that high acclaimed sport, Kieran. Yeah, Don't okay. insult our American audience. So Millie's going to be the school mascot. And I want you to not laugh at this because this is deadly serious. The school mascot is a beaver. Don't right. laugh. Don't yep. laugh. So something probably humiliating will happen to her, but I'm not cruel enough to think of something. But I think we should think of something. She trips over. I'm just going to say yeah, she, she trips, trips over. over. Standard I, I just Hollywood. can't. You know, and everyone points and laughs. I can't <laughs> do like a... 
Pink's her, blood carry thing. You know? Yeah, like her head, the head of the mascot rolls off mm. and she's left there exposed. I was going to say like her pants Oh, she down. knocks into... <laughs> pants fall down. She knocks into the cheerleaders as they're doing like a human pyramid and they all... Yeah, they fall down. over. Okay, anyway, yeah. She's narrating this whole time saying, oh, this can't get I'm any I'm so worse. awkward. I'm awkward, yeah. So Millie's waiting for her ride back home, but it never comes. Maybe her parents got caught up or something like that. by the Blissfield Butcher. <laughs> yeah. Her phone runs out of battery, lights are shutting off, and she's like, could this get any more worse? Yeah, and then it's raining, and then every car that drives past like splashes yeah. her with a puddle. Well, it's not raining in the trailer, otherwise okay, I would yeah. say that. Yeah. But we see an ominous figure appears. A what? An ominous guy appears in the shadows. Flawless. He chases Millie down, and Millie tries to hide in the bleachers a bit, but the killer finds where she is, mm. and eventually the chase goes into the football field. Um, so this is a figure that has a mask, and I'm going to say he right. has like a cartoony baby face mask. Oh, interesting. He tackles Millie to the ground. There's That's a, never been done in a movie yeah. before. There's, there's a scuffle. Well, this is all like cliches and tropes. Yeah, of course, of course. They're playing on these tropes. Mm. So there's a scuffle, and the mask gets removed to reveal Barney. He's played Vince by Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. She's like, oh no, swingers. So there's going to be a witness there. Maybe it's another couple. Maybe they're... Smoking some substances, doing yeah, some, you know, drinking maybe under the bleachers. They see what's happening. They scream and they run away. Barney stabs Millie with a magic looking knife that has like a, a magic little- looking knife. How does a knife look magic? Well, it has like a ruby on or the- It has like an ornamental handle. Yeah, that's right. right okay. That's right. It's got like an ancient vibe going for it. We'll see that it is a full moon again. Two full moon nights in a row. How, mm. how exciting. There are some clouds and there are some effects and it almost changes to look like they're almost transported to a sacrificial altar. Okay. As she's stabbed in the heart. So she's dead. Or so we Movie think. Movie is over. Because the next scene, Millie wakes up in Barney's body in an abandoned house outside of town. Mm. And there's a bunch of creepy cereal stuff around as we see, see in the trailer. Like cornflakes. Yeah, like cornflakes. Nutri-grain. Yeah, okay. Now, what do you actually mean? Cornfields. So I mean, there's like dead animals hanging. Right. There's, and like knives. There's uh, mannequins. He's got the collection of newspapers that are like, oh, Blissfield Butcher's still at large. <laughs> He's been following his own story like they always do in these movies. Yeah. There's a collection of Rambo movies. <laughs> okay. Um, so she realizes that there's, a proper been, psychopath. there's been a body switch that's taken place. Yeah. Or maybe she, maybe he has like Detective Pikachu playing. All right. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So she's freaked out. We'll have a moment where she's like, what's going on? Oh, my God. And just for ease. No, she's freaky out. From here on out. Good one, by the way. <laughs> from here on out, when I refer to Millie, I'm talking about Millie in Barney's body yep. and vice versa. Because yep. that's okay. who they actually are. She goes into town and she sees- Does she check- her genitals. That's what I want to know. This always happens in body swap movies. It sounds crude, but is it going to be a thing where she like goes to the bathroom and was like, oh my God, I don't know how this works. Are they going to do Later. that joke? Yes, they will. Okay, cool. Are you happy with that? Is, yes. that, your, is yes. that your one input into my plot? Oh, it's not my one input, but it's going to be a major one. <laughs> so she goes- Remember, I'm going to get bonus points. <laughs> so she walks into town and she sees that there are shops with TVs out front of the yep. windows. Like never happens in real life. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't, right? And it's playing the news and they're saying they're saying that witness reports have a description of the Blissfield there Butcher. So they actually have a drawing of him. That's the witnesses who we saw earlier. So she's like, oh no. And she might run into somebody and someone will be like, ah, the ah, Blissfield Butcher. Butcher. So she knows she's got to be very subtle. So she sneaks back into the school and meets up with her friends in the cafeteria. Uh, they're resistant at first. They think it's the killer. So they're running away and they're yeah. throwing oranges so this at Josh him. this is Josh and Nyla. They're throwing oranges at him. Yeah. But she proves who she is by, and I don't know what the correct term for this, but I know it as a slut drop, but like she what? does the... She does the uh, cheerleading dance for them. Oh, like, okay. Oh, only Millie could do that. She does the bend and snap. Yes, that's it. <laughs> okay. So while she's at school, there will be a gag where she goes to the men's bathroom and right. maybe we'll have your general yep, yep. joke there. 
and she'll scare one of the jerk boys from earlier by picking him up and pressing. So him someone to the who wall. bullied her at the start of the movie, the guy who nudged her into the locker. Okay, he'll yeah, yeah. pee his pants. So you know she's getting she's the like, respect. That's gross. She's getting the respect that she never had before. So Barney also wakes up as Millie. So why aren't the teachers or any other authority figure like concerned that there's a full grown man just lurking around the school? He just snuck into the who, school. By the way, also happens to be the Bluesfield butcher. Um, he just snuck into the school. He's been so like, no teacher or anything has seen him. No. So you don't think that a teacher will spot him at any point and be like, hey, what's well, who? Are you? That's the danger, but it hasn't happened. Okay, fair enough. Because she's trying to get to her friends, so she's not trying to make right. herself visible. In between seeing this, there's going to be flashes to what's happening with Barney. So Barney wakes up in Millie's right. body. I don't think that's going to happen personally. I don't think we're going to see Millie, sorry, Barney in Millie's body until like late in the movie. Really? But I suppose this is your plot. Okay. So, this so is what I'm going to say. So we're going to see what's happening with Barney. So he's in Millie's bed. He's kind of very sinister and curious, picking up knives and things like that. He'll have an interaction with Millie's obnoxious little brother. Right. And while the parents are out of the room. Yeah, while the parents are out of the room, he'll describe in vivid detail how he's going to murder this little kid. Holds a knife to his throat. And the kid will be traumatized. Pees his pants. So we know that. Yeah, that's gross. We know that Barney means business. So Barney will walk into the school. He will look different as Millie. He'll have that red. Now, this is another prediction. This is important. This is important. There won't be a genital joke with no. him in her body because that's just kind of like no. crossing a line. She's underage. No. He'll walk into school with some badass music. He'll seduce Booker by Bad sucking- to the bone? Yeah, hopefully. He'll seduce Booker by sucking his fingers and Alpha's all the other females. So the other female's oh, like, go. what are you doing? And says something, fingers. says something like, puts them in their place. Why is a man trying to seduce another man? Because he wants to kill him. Okay, fair enough. He wants to, yeah, wants to kill people. Wants to take him to a secluded place. I wonder how he knows that Millie has like a crush on Booker. I don't know. Maybe there's like a photograph in her locker. How would you know which locker's hers? How would you know the combination? <laughs> Gee, so many questions. So Millie and Barney face each other in school. Yep, they run into each other in the hallway, presumably. Barney screams as as Millie and says that it's the butcher and her and her friends as in Millie and Barney's body and her friends narrowly escape, getting into a right. car, driving off before the police catch them. Yep. So they go back to Barney's hideout and they find a book about the knife mm. and also a journal and they realise that this transformation, they have six hours to reverse it. And it very seems, specific? Yes, very, very specific. And it seems like Barney did this deliberately due to him aging. Now, Vince Vaughn doesn't look that old, but no. apparently he's described as an aging serial killer, so I don't know. Um, oh, no, he's 40. He's, uh, he's ancient. Yeah. So he wants to live longer, and I guess he also wants to kill more people. So yeah. he figures... A teenage know, girl is like a better cover than yeah. like an obvious serial killer looking He's been doing this man. for a while, and he's yeah. been getting away with it. So it'll only be natural that they'll discover who he is, which they did. Yeah. So he needs to switch bodies. Uh, so he's been murdering teenagers specifically. He's murdered about four at this stage. Wow. And each time he's tried to perform the ritual, there's been something out of place. Like it wasn't a full moon or it wasn't at the right time or right, something. Okay. But just when he did it to Millie was when it worked. Yeah. So in this part of the movie, Barney will start killing people as Millie. He's going to put the shop teacher through a buzzsaw. And if, if I could oh, hazard right. a guess, the shop teacher will be like a seedy pervert who, when they're alone, will try to take advantage. Really? And not realize that underneath this, is a, she's an actual serial killer. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, personally speaking. Some of the jocks- I think he'll be like a nice, welcoming guy. Yeah, you reckon? feel bad that he's killed I think none of the guys that get killed will be particularly nice okay, people fair enough because we're going to be like yeah death I'm just trying to do something different so I get more points potentially <laughs> there'll be a group of jocks that kind of take a liking to the new version of Millie aka Barney wow. and they'll invite her to a slaughterhouse to break curfew as a dare and Millie will kill all these jocks wow there you go and there'll be a scene using of, the slaughterhouse equipment losing the slaughterhouse equipment does she make equipment. a guy into sausages do you like reckon? a hook 
She'll kill people with a hook. So there'll be a scene where Millie in Barney's body and her friends meet up with her in the slaughterhouse, try to get the knife off her because Barney has the knife currently and tries to... This is very confusing. I hope everyone can follow along. Tries to reverse the ritual, but Barney gets the better of him because she's more... She's tougher somehow in a a teenage girl's body. Barney's more... She's got more experience. He's got more experience. Cold-hearted. Yeah, okay. So Barney asks... see the evil in her eyes. (laughs) So Barney asks Booker to the dance because he wants to murder him. What? When is this happening? I thought they were confronting uh, Millie slash Barney and Millie's body. This all happens in the middle of the movie. Okay, fair enough. So we're getting to our climax. So every time they try to capture- So the climax doesn't take place in the slaughterhouse? No. Okay. So there's just a murder there. There's a slaughter in the slaughterhouse. Yeah, there's a slaughter in the slaughterhouse. They try to get Barney, but Barney gets the better of Okay. Yep. So Millie, so well, Barney and Millie's body gets away. Yep. Okay. So Barney's asking Booker to the dance. At the dance, Millie appears and everyone thinks it's the Blissfield Butcher. They all run away. Yep. So it's Millie in Barney's body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Barney is running away from Millie and she take and he takes the bitchy cheerleader that we see at the start of the movie because the cheerleader thinks, oh my God, I got to run away from the butcher, right? Doesn't yep. realize that, you know, <laughs> Millie is the butcher. Okay, fair enough. And Barney locks her in a cooler. She dies. She gets frozen and dies. She says, cool off. <laughs> They'll actually capture Barney, right. take her back to their house. So you mean like Millie and Barney's body? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Millie and Barney's body. They're going to take her Who back to her? the police. No, Millie and her friends. I'm so confused now. Okay, so it's Barney in Millie's body, <laughs> and they capture him. Yes, right. And so Millie in Barney's body, and then Josh and Nyla they capture Barney in Millie's body. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, now. yeah, okay. yeah. And they take Barney in Millie's body back to their house and tie Barney to his house. Millie's house. Okay, cool. Okay, it's very confusing, I know, because it's a body switch movie. Yeah. I tried to make it easy just by referring to them by who they are, but anyway. So what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to perform the ritual at just the right time, as indicated by the diary. So they're following this instructions and they've got Barney tied to the chair. They're going to stab Barney, reverse right. yep. reverse what's happened. Right, okay. That, that's the plan, right? That's the plan. Booker enters thinking he's going to save Millie because he's like, oh no, the Blissfield Butcher is going to kill Millie, right? That makes sense. Yeah. And Barney uses this as a distraction to escape. So he gets out of the binds and goes to kill everybody. Yeah. They'll go outside. There'll be an epic chainsaw fight just because I want there to be. I okay. saw there was a yep. chainsaw and I really... You know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was it two where they have yep. that chainsaw? Yep. Yep. That's what With I Dennis want. Dennis Hopper. Mm, we need that. And there'll be a final fight scene where Barney will monologue about how bland and unimportant Millie is, how she's just a pathetic victim. And Millie will use personal information about Barney that he read in his diary about like how maybe his parents didn't she love him. She read in him. his diary. She read in okay. his diary, yeah. Got to get my pronouns right. Yes. About how his parents didn't love him and things like that. And it'll make Barney really mad. You pissed yourself. <laughs> exactly. So Barney will tackle- You disgusting jerk. Barney will tackle Millie in a fit of rage and it looks like Barney has the upper hand, but Millie switches the knives on him. Like he might have a different knife. She switches it to the ancient ritual knife and Barney will unintentionally stab Millie with the knife. Mm, There you go. Reversing the effect. Wait, so is this Barney in Millie's body? That's right. Okay. And then we win. Good guys win. We win. The police come back. They arrest the killer. Millie will now be- Well, is he dead? He's got like a knife in his chest or it doesn't kill him. It just swaps their bodies. No, it just swaps their bodies. Because we're patting out. We're anticipating possible sequels, Kieran. Really? Okay. So we're going to have Freaky to you. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, Millie will be confident and will appear to have better clothes and hair. Because she wasn't attractive before, apparently, but she will be now. And we'll see a- news broadcast that the killer has escaped that Barney actually escaped oh, no. he never made it to I think he'll die at the end of the jail. movie personally 
So, and we're gonna have one last little where Millie's coming home, and <laughs> the music you just did sound like do, do, the, the opening of the OC. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the opening of the OC. <laughs> Where Millie's Millie's mother, sorry, <laughs> Millie's mother will be like cooking food yeah. and will look at she's the, making some beef strong enough. Look at the blade, the reflection of the the knife that she's cutting with, and it, we'll see Vince Vaughn's face. Oh, no. Dun dun dun! He's so done you it think again. He'll survive the movie, yes, and yes. live to see another sequel. So the, I think he'll die at the end of the movie. Personally so speaking. I played with the idea that maybe the original body swap was unintentional. Okay. But I think it makes sense that if he if he intended yeah. it to happen the entire time. So right, okay. That's my sense. plot. Hopefully it made sense because I know... <laughs> yeah, it was a bit confusing, but I think we got there in the end. Cool, cool. All right. Well, let's go straight into Fat Man. Yeah, right? Let's talk about Fat Man. Now, there isn't a lot of history behind Fat Man. I did a, a little bit of research into it. And basically, they just said, oh, we're making this movie where Mel Gibson is Santa Claus and someone's trying to kill him. That's basically everything that they said. And they're like, yep, we're making this movie. There was no like inspiration for the movie. There was no sort of like... What a great idea for a pan. movie, though. Yeah. Did you want to explain what the movie is for anyone who uh, might not be familiar? Oh, do you want me to explain it? Because it is. Oh, movie. yeah. Okay. I'll explain it. So I think we discussed this a little bit at the end of our Rambo Last Blood episode, but essentially the elevator pitch for Fat Man is Santa Claus is like a, a regular guy, a down on his luck regular guy who wants to hang up the mantle of being Santa Claus. <laughs> But he's given a spoiled rich kid essentially a piece of coal, as Santa is wont to do. And the spoiled rich kid swears revenge and essentially sends a hitman after Does Santa Does he run Claus. for president? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Good joke. And yeah, so it's presumably Santa Claus versus a hitman. Presumably so. We'll find out as we'll we discuss out. what I think is going to happen in the movie. And how so, many trailers for this? Just there's one. only one trailer, and that one trailer does not have a whole heap of information. I mean, it's got enough information, but yeah, I kind of struggle with this one a little and bit, the as wiki, you'll probably hear. The wiki page and also IMDb. the IMDb is pretty slim on information. Yeah, it's pretty skinny. It's a, it's a skinny man on information. So you have your work cut out for you. Yeah, and there's only four credited lead actors in this movie. Let's talk about them right now. So starring as Chris Gringle himself, the fat man... <laughs> Santa Claus is Mel Gibson, who a lot of people will know as Mad Max, but probably more people will know him for the sugar tits incident, if you're familiar with that, or maybe he's one of his many racist phone calls. Mm. Or signs. Or signs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that time that he said that Jews were responsible for ruining Hollywood or... Or the passion cause, of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, he makes a movie about the king of the Jews and yeah. he hates the Jews. So, yeah, I mean, it's not really fair. We don't really go into, like, actors' personal griefs on this show. But, you know, it's Mel Gibson, so he kind of deserves it. So he's sort of gone out of the Hollywood limelight because of all the horrible things that he's done. So this is an interesting comeback for him. And I think it's an interesting role because he's supposed to be, like, someone unlikable, presumably. Grumpy, old, surly. Yeah. Fed up with the world. That's just Mel Gibson. Washed up. And then he's doing a movie called Fat Man. I bet when he started, like, when he was filming, like, What Women Want, or maybe The Beaver, uh, I bet he never expected he was going to do a movie called Fat Man, where he <laughs> is the titular Fat Man. Yeah. Maybe in The Beaver, it was some sort that's of indication. That's the one with the puppet, right? Yeah, that's right. That stupid movie. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Mel Gibson, uh, playing the skinny man who is the assassin who's going after Santa Claus is Walton Goggins. Great actor. Who you may know from Django Unchained, where he played Billy Crass. And he was also in The Hateful Eight as the deputy who's going to be yeah, the sheriff he was in going the to town. be the sheriff, or so we think. Right? What else do we know Walton Goggins from? That's the main one. The Hateful Eight is the one that comes to yeah, mind. But he was big up and come a Tarantino actor. Yeah, he was kind of one of those actors that played a lot of different parts and he was always in movies. And yeah, he was always in the background. Tarantino kind of elevated him. Yeah, that's right. He's an interesting choice for an assassin. I mean, he's an unlikable guy, sort of naturally. I don't know what he's about. He's about it's something about his face. I'm sure he's a great guy, but something about his face just makes him unlikable. Really? He's like Vincent Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. So we're tying it together here. 
All right, now playing the character of Ruth is uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste. Uh, now, the only thing I've ever seen her in, she's done a lot of stuff, but the only thing I've ever seen her in is the Robocop remake. <laughs> Do you remember that? I never watched it. Yeah, she was a minor character in that. And then playing Captain Jacobs, who is the leader of the military who appears in the movie, is Robert Boxdale, who, interestingly enough, was in the Robocop cartoon. So we've got two connections there. We've got two Robocop connections there. There you go. So there's a lot of uh, military people cast in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Some elves as well. That's right, yeah. But none That's who, pretty much yeah, it. None worth talking about. No offense to our like elf audience out there. <laughs> Right, so should we get straight into what I think is going to happen in yeah, this movie? Yeah, I want to hear all about Fat Man. Feel free to interject if you disagree with something and sure. come up with your own theories, because I'm sure. sure you have a lot of strong theories about what's going to happen in this movie. So I think the movie will open with a very cold open, because it's the middle of winter. So it's a very chilly, cold open. Okay, that joke didn't work. Anyway. I liked it. I liked the joke. The movie opens on Christmas morning. We hear a classic Christmas carol as a young, spoiled, rich kid excitedly opens his presents. Oh, you're opening with the kid? Yep, that's right. And he opens a beautifully wrapped box from Santa and finds nothing inside but a lump of coal. So we're going straight into it. The child runs outside into the snow, falls to his knees and screams, I'll get you, fat man! To the heavens. (laughs) As we go into the opening titles. So, oh man, some dogs wince there. <laughs> oh jeez, I'm sorry. So Fat Man, boom, appears on the screen. It appears over like a snow-swept Alaskan countryside setting. And we hear in the soundtrack like blaring, ominous music. So like uh, heavy strings, a lot Will of bass. Will it be like a slowed down version of like a Christmas carol? No, like no, it's not going to be like that. Well, you can presume that it's that. But I, I think it's just going to be like generic sort of like like the opening of uh, Shutter Island sort of music. Right. Or the opening of Mad Max Fury Road music. To use two very specific examples. <laughs> Just yeah, heavy strings, very yep. menacing sounding music. So we were like, we know this is serious business. This is a serious Santa Claus yeah, movie. This isn't going to be your, your standard family holiday movie. This is going to be people are going to die. And so we see Chris Kringle's farm where Mrs. Kringle, who is Ruth, is preparing two cups of tea and she hears a noise in the garage and goes to investigate. And there in the garage, she finds Chris, who is Santa Claus, Mel Gibson. Uh, he's bleeding profusely from a gunshot wound in his side and he's pouring rubbing alcohol all over it. Okay. Now, Chris explains to Mrs. Kringle that while he was out delivering presents, this is uh, Christmas Day, I think, uh, he was shot by two kids with a deer rifle. And as, We see this in the trailer. Yeah, that's right. And as Chris stares at the bullet holes in his sleigh, he laments to Mrs. Kringle that nobody believes in Santa Claus anymore. <laughs> And all the kids only want expensive electronic gifts these days. They just want a Wii or an Xbox or Can a PlayStation. Can I interject a yep. prediction? He'll say, the nice list is getting shorter and shorter every year. Oh, that's a good one. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So he suggests retiring from being Santa Claus, but Mrs. Claus, I, I, I don't call her Ruth for the entire plot. I just think she's going to be Mrs. Claus. Uh, Mrs. Claus urges him to keep it up for all the kids who still do believe, all the kids who are still on the good list, the nice list. Is he like an omnipotent being? Like, has he lived forever? Is he just a regular guy? Well, I think we're supposed to think that he's a regular guy, but he is actually Santa Claus. But we're supposed to think, is this guy just like a delusional, crazy man who believes he's Santa Claus and just goes around forcing presents, breaking into people's houses and forcing presents on In them? In one day. In one day. Well, we're only going to see well, America. We know, we know he's not the real Santa Claus, obviously. No, yes. no, he is the real Santa Claus, but we're going to sort of question whether he is actually Santa Claus or not. Mm, but I, I also think we'll get the idea that he's been threatening to retire for several years now as well. So Ruth, Mrs. Claus will be like, oh, you say this every year. You're always talking about hanging up. And then when December 24th rolls around, you're like, oh, I'll do it one more time, <laughs> one more time. Now, I also think just a little bit more on uh, Chris's character. I think he's going to be a mean and bitter alcoholic. 
Of course. Swallowing several pills just to make it through the day. And but I don't think he drinks regular alcohol. I think he drinks medicinal alcohol. <laughs> just because that's you know, regular alcohol isn't strong enough for Is the like fat man. Candy clean flavoured like alcohol. No, no, I don't think so. No? No. Okay, that's gonna be your prediction. Jello shots. Yeah. No, I just think he he drinks like rubbing alcohol and um really yeah, strong stuff. Yeah, really strong stuff, like methylated spirits, stuff that you're not supposed to drink. So at this point, I think that Chris will be visited by two men from the government. This is just random. I had to like insert this in. Yeah, I didn't know how they were going to fit this action two guys. mission. Well, well, they're, they're two men in suits, and they come to visit him, and they're like, "Chris, you're massively in debt." And we discover that you know he's been running on red for the last couple of years, financially speaking. Uh, and this is where we get the scene in the trailer where we see his reindeer in the barn. He's like, "Oh, if that was Blitzer, it would have ripped your pecker off." Uh, if you see the trailer, that would make sense. So I think this is where we'll sort of learn that everyone thinks that Chris is delusional. They don't actually think he's Santa Claus. He's the only one who sort of believes that. But yeah, they're sort of like... Or do you think it's going to be like the government recognises that Santa Claus is real? Well, we'll get regular there. Regular people. We'll don't. get there, yeah. So I think regardless of whether they think he's Santa Claus or not, they, they understand that he has abilities and connections that they kind of want. But yeah, I don't know if these guys will be related to the military at all. But I think they're just sort of there to explain that, oh, Chris is delusional. And he's massively in debt. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're like tax collectors. Like, you haven't paid tax for like four years. Or what's going on with all your money? Where do you make your money from? <laughs> Something stupid like that. They're just there to explain exposition, basically. Sure. So now we cut back to the spoiled rich kid. And we learn that he's the son of an underworld crime figure. <laughs> of course he is. And so he calls one of his father's hitman contacts. He gets into his dad's uh, phone book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Leaves through it. So the hitman he calls is known as the Skinny Man, and the Skinny Man at first thinks that the kid's request to assassinate Santa Claus is a joke. He's like, are you kidding me? You want me to kill Santa Claus because you've got a lump of coal? But the kid, of course, is deadly serious. But then, of course, the kid offers him millions of dollars, as well as threatening his life, and finally the Skinny Man agrees to take on the hit. Does the Skinny Man believe in Santa? Oh, no, no, he doesn't because he's not. a bad guy. Yeah, of course not. He doesn't believe in Santa Claus. He thinks this whole thing is a joke. But he's like, yeah, if you do it for money, if you're threatening to kill me, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll kill some guy at a mall. Yeah, exactly. So back at the Kringle farm, Chris is surprised to see that several military vehicles are pulling down his driveway. The leader of the soldiers steps out of his car and approaches Chris and introduces himself as Captain Jacobs. Chris asks Jacobs how they managed to track him down, and Jacobs simply answers that they have their ways, alluding to the fact that someone else may be able to track down Santa Claus in the future. Oh, yeah. Also, you live in the North Pole. (laughs) No, he doesn't live in the North Pole. He oh, lives he in Alaska. Oh. So the military want to use Chris's magical abilities to hunt down domestic terrorists. So they're like, you know who's naughty and who's nice. And we want you to find <laughs> the really naughty people for us. And they promise him millions of dollars and fancy government equipment as a reward. And Chris hesitantly accepts the deal since he's fallen on hard times in the last few years, but promises that this arrangement is a one-time deal. It's like, you find one group of domestic terrorists and then we're done. Calling it off. We're, you got until Christmas next year. So he's going to be a military man, Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's just helping them. He's just working with the military to hunt people down because he knows he knows if you've been good or bad. Mm. So be good for goodness sake. Yeah. Nick Fury comes to him and says, we're starting an initiative. Yeah. Oh, man, he'd be the best Avenger. So Chris shows the soldiers around his farm, and here we get to see... <laughs> Again, everyone gets, a, yeah, gets to see right. his farm. You want to see Darren Blitzer? You want to see my farm? Yeah. And here we get to see his toy factory and the elves. So I think that the factory itself is a dark, depressing-looking sweatshop with the elves looking a lot like slaves. Really? Yeah. So Chris's elves are slightly creepy-looking little people dressed up like stereotypical Christmas elves. I disagree. 
Oh yeah, what do you think is going to be? I think the elves are going to be fine. They're going to be happy and jolly. No, they're not going to be happy away. and jolly, but they like the work that they do. Like right, because in the trailer it it indicates that even they're still willing to work with him. So well, what do you think the factory will look like? Do you oh, think the factory be like- will be pretty bleak. Yeah, but it'll be more because it's run down because he doesn't have any money. Well, I'm saying that they look like sweatshop workers. I'm not saying that they don't enjoy their work. Right. I'm just saying that like they're working on assembly lines. They look miserable and they look like they're being exploited essentially. But okay. we learn that you know we we sort of learn that they they. Got nothing else. They're not the jolly elves. Yeah, that exactly. They're not singing magical. songs and you know hammering together toy trains. They're just yeah. It's like dun, 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 dun. It's factory lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, a sweatshop. So the soldiers dine with the elves, and they're surprised to learn that they eat nothing but cakes and lollies. So they've got like a bane marie just full of uh, sugar. That's how they live so long. Yep, and one of the elves, Elf 23 to be specific, uh, explains that eating huge amounts of junk food allows them to live longer than humans. This is something we see in the trailer. It's not that ridiculous. Anyway, so Elf 23 also explains that Chris has also lived an unnaturally long life, but he's kept alive by the Christmas spirit. Love it. It's Love the it. giving that keeps him young. Says that very sarcastically in the trailer, though. Yes, he does. And we see him, like, hammering back some booze and some pills. And so we cut back to the skinny man who's preparing to take on Santa Claus by practicing martial arts and stockpiling weapons. He goes and buys a rifle. He's throwing around a guy in a karate dojo. He's punching, like, a a training mannequin with Santa Claus's face on it. (laughs) We see all this in the trailer. And the whole time that he's preparing, he's being constantly harassed by Billy, who is the spoiled rich kid. Have you killed him yet? Yes, who keeps calling him, looking for updates. So we learn that Billy wants a trophy from the dead Santa Claus, but the skinny man refuses to belittle himself by, I don't know, shaving off his beard, cutting off his head, as they discuss in the trailer. Will he get a trophy? I don't think so. Santa's sleigh, I, I, I just think he's like, no, it's not what I do. I don't take uh, trophies. It's not my thing. That's why, that's why I've never been caught. So at one stage in the film, the skinny man and Billy kidnap a young girl who claims that she saw Santa Claus one Christmas Eve. Oh, no. So, of course, they, they kidnap and like, the little Cindy down the street reckons she <laughs> saw Santa Claus. If we kidnap her... She might be able to give us some information. Skinny man, of course, is like, why would we want to kidnap a little girl? That's a stupid idea. So they try and get information on Chris from her, but she doesn't give them anything beyond the fact that he's fat and old. He's like, well, what does he look like? He kind of looks like my dad. Yeah. He looks like the guy from uh, The Beaver, <laughs> if you've seen that movie. <laughs> he's got a beard, though, and he's a bit fat. He's, he's not really fat, but everyone keeps calling him fat for some reason. So Billy is convinced that Santa Claus must live in the North Pole. Like you. Like like the real Santa Claus. Yeah. But the skinny man- I know man, this is just a fantasy movie, yes. so it's not based on real life. The skinny man wants to be 100% sure of that fact before committing to the trip. He's like, the North Pole's a long way away and it's not easy to get to, so let's make sure that we know where exactly he is in the North Pole. So the skinny man gets the idea of going to the post office to find out where they send the letters to Santa Claus to. So in the post office, the skinny man manages to sneak in by dressing as a mailman. And in there, he threatens a postal worker at gunpoint to give up Santa's address. But the worker explains that nobody sends letters to Santa Claus anymore. What are you talking about? We haven't had a letter to Santa Claus for at least 15 years. Yeah, it's an email address now. Exactly. However, they do send emails to Santa Claus. <laughs> he has a Facebook page. Or yeah. Facebook's even dated. He has an Instagram. <laughs> he has a TikTok, TikTok account where he he, where he dances. He yeah, dances he... to his um his carols. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Anyway. So the skinny man uses some fancy computer skills to track down Chris's IP address, which leads him to discovering that Chris, in fact, lives on a farm in Alaska. Big call there. I reckon it's going to be the case. What made you think that? Is that where they're filming? Oh, we see Alaska in the trailer. Yeah. So after working with the military for a little while, Chris's morals get the better of him and he decides to call off the deal he made with the military. So he's not going to go through with it. Yeah. So he says, no, I can't do this anymore. Like, it doesn't feel right. I don't I don't want to hunt down people. Like, I give presents. Yeah, exactly. This isn't right at all. So the military protests by saying that he won't get any of the money they offered him. 
But Chris says that there are more important things in the world than money. I love that you slotted in a message there. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to show that he really is the better man after all. He may seem like a horrible human being, but he really is Santa Claus at the end of the day. We cut back to the skinny man who finally tracks down Chris's farm and confronts him one cold morning. Mm -hmm. As we see in the trailer, he's standing out on his front lawn and he says, I've come for you, fat man. This is back at his house, right? Yeah, that's right. So he's left the military. There's been no consequences for that. They've No. He's just gone back to his farm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not happy about it, but there's no like major consequences. They're not going to try to kill him too? Big no. all-out fight? Because that's no, what I, I think's going to happen. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just the fat you man You know too much, fat man. man. Yeah, I don't. The military versus Santa versus... Okay, so in your man. version of the movie, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in my version of the movie, that doesn't happen. So the skinny man's called out the fat man and he's managed to catch Chris unarmed. So Chris has walked out. He's like, who the hell? are you but of course the skinny man is, is sporting a huge hunting rifle so this is the first time these two meet yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah they don't meet at all before this point so the skinny man essentially opens fire on chris and chris sort of like ducks and runs through his house and tries to escape and he flees into the toy factory so the skinny man gives chase opening fire causing the elves to run for their lives <laughs> the skinny man stalks chris around the dark factory but chris eventually finds his stash of guns and begins fighting back so he's got like a little chest just full of handguns and of course, he grabs Santa two of them Claus does Starts firing back at the skinny man. So now we have an extended action scene of the two opening fire on each other, throwing bombs, blowing stuff up, and the firefight eventually spills outside the toy factory. So the trailer seems to indicate that being Santa Claus also meant he had to be capable with firearms yeah. and also... He's a- like, you think you're the first to try and take me down? He has to be a fighter as well. So we do yeah. we get this kind of indication that yeah. Yeah. being Santa isn't just... Delivering presents and being jolly. Yeah, that's right. So, so many people are trying to, like, capture Santa or part of his Santa down. training. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He found that he had to defend himself to survive in a modern America. <laughs> yes. The two men have a ski-doo chase, but the skinny man manages to catch up to Chris. And I think he will knock him off there. He'll knock him off his ski-doo or they'll crash into, like, a bank of snow or something like that. So, the skinny man looks like he has Chris dead to rights, but one of the elves attacks him from behind, which gives Chris a window to escape. And I think the skinny man will kill the elf that's attacked him. Maybe it'll be Elf 23. Elf 23 dies? Yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there. So, Chris hides behind a wood pile and ends up smacking the skinny man with a piece of timber as he approaches. So, he's like taking cover and as the, the skinny man's walking up, taunting him, he pops up from behind the wood pile and just smacks Punches him in the head with a, with a bit of log. So Chris hits the skinny man over and over until his face is a bloody pulp. Oh my god. So essentially he beats the skinny man to death with firewood. Later on. Santa Claus is coming yeah, to town. Maybe he's singing that as he's beating Santa him to Claus death. Santa Claus is coming to town. It's going to be a very brutal and violent death. So later on, while Billy the spoiled kid is sleeping, Chris appears in his room like he's Larry from Come Play. <laughs> and Chris approaches Billy in bed, leans in close to his face and says, You've been real naughty. Oh, okay. When you're an adult, I'll find you and I'll kill you. You won't even see me coming. I'll come when you're sleeping. (laughs) The fat man's got his eye on you, kid. And we'll see, like, the spoiled rich kid Billy's eyes, like, go really wide. And maybe, like, he'll leave him a present and inside the present is the head of the skinny man. Oh, man. (laughs) And that's where the movie ends. He took the trophy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And then he goes and kisses uh, the spoiled kid's mum. So yep. that, that song gets in there. Yeah, I saw yeah. mummy Un- kissing Underneath Santa the mistletoe. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I don't think that'll happen. But oh, in our version of the movie, that should happen. If we wrote The Fat Man, that would happen in it. Yeah. I think you're on the money. I didn't really need to interject that much. I think you're no, right. You I reckon I'm on the right track? I think track? it might start differently. I had a different visualization. I reckon it's got to open with him getting the coal because it's got to be the driving motivator for yeah. the full film. But otherwise, I think that's pretty much... How do you feel about it? Oh, uh, middle of the road, confident. Middle of the road. 
you know, I, I sort of struggled with this one because the trailer didn't give a lot of information. We don't have a lot of information beyond just like a basic no. premise. So. And at least with my plot, I could follow a formula where you yeah. didn't really have that. Yeah, this doesn't luxury. really have a formula. So no. it's like gritty movie formula. So there's got to be some violence. There's got to be some alcoholism. There's got to be popping pills and swearing. And that's all we need. Well, there you go. Two movies that you can go out and watch. Yeah, and See right how now. well we did. Watch it this evening. Tell us which movie you like better yeah. as well. Tell us if you disagree. With anything we've I was said. about to say, if you have your own theories on what will happen in the movie, let us know. But since the movie's out today, I don't think it will be able to really. Oh, well, unless you're honest, yeah. Unless and you're you honest, let us know before you watch the movie, yeah. and oh, we'll, we'll trust you because we know you're good listeners. Yeah. Oh well, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any social media platform you like that we happen to be on. We're not on MySpace. Yeah. It's just we should point out to everyone we're not on MySpace. Has people gone who is? for us for my, on MySpace? I like to imagine well, that MySpace is just like completely vacant and empty and it's just Tom. They're going like, hello, hello, <laughs> anybody? Well, we're on, we are on MySpace. It's just, we've got a lot of embarrassing photos from the early oh, 2000s. Yeah, yeah. It was like that when, is actually true. When, when potential spoilers went through its emo face. So yes. don't look up our MySpace page, please. Yeah, please don't. But anyway, so all you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. You can let us know any little thought that pops into your head. So... Before we wrap up for another episode, we should discuss what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's. Do you know, Maddie D, what we're going to be talking about next week? It's a revisit, right? That's right. We're revisiting a movie that we've predicted in the past, and we're going to do another installment of actual spoilers. Oh, man, I'm going to make your week right now if you really don't know what we're talking about. What is it? I can't remember. So you thought that Fat Man was dark and gritty, so we're going back to probably one of the darkest and grittiest movies that we've covered. It's we're going Joker? to be talking about the original Nutkicker himself. Joker. The Joker. Oh, man. So we're going to revisit what we predicted would happen in The Joker and see how close we were to the actual movie. Now, we've both seen this movie. Yeah. We're going to watch it again for the show. I've seen it several times. Me too. I think you too. have too, so. So go out and watch The Joker. Listen to the show because we're going to come back and talk about that very popular, very controversial movie. Yes. And we'll talk all about it next week. So until then, have a freaky Christmas. <laughs> What's going on out there? Something really freaky. That's not my foot, that's Mom's foot. Good grief. That's not my hand, that's Annabelle's. Mom's legs and and, and her stomach and her, uh, uh, Annabelle's body has got my mind in it. I need a woman! I need a fucking woman! You need a fucking... You need a fucking soul! You don't have any fucking friends except me. And you treat me like shit! So that's why I'm so fucking angry! Now! You have one more chance! Understand that? You understand me? And I-